I'm not going to cry about this. I am going to still go ahead and fight it, whether I have my hair or not. So hold my hand and darling, you go far. You just listen to me when I say. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to episode 4 of Half Fry and Toast. Hope it's getting tastier with every new guest on the show. So this week has been a rough one with uh, lots of disturbing news on social media and I just want to highlight the importance of reaching out and speaking with uh, your friends or family or you know whatever gives you the most support at these challenging times. Um, feel free to you know write to me about uh, anything in terms of what's working for you getting through tough times, uh, unpredictable times and how you guys are managing generally uh, you can write to me at halffryandtoast at gmail.com or tag me on uh, instagram at halffryandtoast our next guest takes us through her own personal journey of how she fought back and came out victorious tune in and uh, hope you enjoy it Hey guys, it's Karishma, your host on Half Fry and Toast. So in today's episode, we're going to be speaking with someone that has just completely blown my mind away since I first saw her perform at SoFar Mumbai, uh, you know, hitting the all the right notes of uh, an Amy Winehouse song. And uh, she has had quite a twist uh, in her journey in life, you know, moving from uh, being diagnosed with cancer to psychology. And then now she also is uh, a blues singer in her own band, Kanchan Daniels and the Beard. Uh, Here's introducing Kanchan Daniel. Welcome to my show. Hi, Karishma. Thank you for having me. It's uh, good. Thank to you like, so uh, much for being. Yeah, it's good to be on a show, even though we're so far away and still making it work. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And and uh, please do tell our listeners where you're tuning in right now from uh, right to now, the show. Yeah, right now I'm in a very remote area in um, central India. And it's good because I didn't think I'd actually have the opportunity to uh, get out of the house in Bombay. But uh, there were a couple of things that I needed to do and it was a task. And uh, you'd be amazed at how well people are looking after their health, even here, the precautions that they're taking. So, I mean, I'm having a ball right now. I am fortunate <laughs> to have this opportunity, but I'll have to be getting back to the city soon enough. Great. So, you know, hope you're staying safe and, uh, you know, getting time to work on whatever it is that you are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hope we see you here soon. I'll be uh, back. <laughs> yes. So, you know, fun fact, actually, my parents almost named me Kanchan when I was born. And oh. I always, yeah, and I always associated the name with this, like, you know, boring goody two shoes person. And, you know, <laughs> I, after watching you perform at SoFi, I was like, yeah, I, I, I completely had that pegged wrong. I mean, like, look at this, this person, like, she's just <laughs> full of energy and so amazing. Yeah. So... But you know the word yeah. kanchan means gold. Yeah. Uh, so like I don't know, it's it's a good it's a good choice I guess. <laughs> I gotta like yes. give it to hand it to a hand it to my parents for the name and all of those things. Although I do agree with you that if I was to meet uh, 
somebody named Kanchan and my name and my personality are two very different things. Suppose. So, yeah. uh, so far I'm going with it. By the way, I love the name. I can see it here. It's Katie. Is it Katie Shady? Yeah, yeah. That's what my friends call me, Katie too. So it's very cool because everyone it almost. <laughs> Uh, in the music scene almost everybody just calls me Katie like very oh, wow. people call me Kanchan so it's always nice. me or Katie there's very few people who call me Kanchan amazing so like one Katie to another I mean uh, that's what I'm called and that's great good to good to finally meet another Katie no. who I vibe with <laughs> so um you know, just wanted to have a chat with you about your journey. It's it's so inspiring that, you know, you fought a deadly war pretty early on in life, uh, you know, straight after the 12th grade, yeah. uh, being diagnosed with cancer when you were just finishing the 12th grade. How did you go from acceptance to battle and finally say, you know, screw you to the C word? Mm. To be very honest, um, I actually <laughs> didn't quite have much of a choice then. But uh, also, uh, the thing is that I made that choice for myself. Because to me, it was like, okay, uh, you've been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, there's not much that I could do except for count on, you know, the doctors and, you know, faith in, um, faith in them and faith in God and all of those things. And so in my head, I decided that, uh, you know, okay, um, I've been diagnosed with cancer. I'm not going to be crying about it. Uh, all I'm mm-hmm. going to do is I'm going to try my best in whatever way I can to fight it. So yeah. acceptance was not the difficult part because I accepted. I'm like, okay, this is part of me. This is what has happened to me and I'm going to go with it. And yeah. the fight was difficult but it was victorious at the end. So what kept me going was the fact that I knew that, you know, I, I, I didn't know the path that lay ahead. Mm-hmm. But during every yeah. course of the treatment, I didn't know the path that lay ahead, but I was ready to meet, but I was ready to go the distance and I was ready to kind of meet any obstacle that I met in that path. Yeah, and, yeah. And also like for you being that young you know having to go through uh, chemotherapy and also lose your hair like how did you deal with with all of that at that age um so losing my hair yeah um I just got it colored because I was out of 12th grade and I was gonna go out into the world and you know get ready for the next step and all of those things so I was like I am I I like coloring my hair like changing my hair a lot (laughs) but Um, I had no idea that what was going to happen to me next is going to uh, give me a brand new hairstyle at the end of the day, something I've never tried before. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, the first time that, uh, so my hair did, had started falling off with the, once the treatment had started. Uh, it didn't fall off immediately, but it would come out in um, clumps. And then it started yeah. kind of interfering with the number of, tubes and all the equipment that you know was around me so I decided that I you know I'd just get it shaved once and for all because it it was becoming a hindrance so uh, we got the barber uh, to come up to the room and uh, yeah he gave me a really nice clean shave (laughs) but um, 
yeah so at that point i think i was um, i was like okay yeah, i'm getting my hair shaved and all of those things and i need to do it and but it was only for uh, a very short a brief moment that when i looked at myself in the mirror for the first time um after getting that shave is when i you know it all kind of hit I, I was, yeah, yeah hit me i was uh, filled with um, emotion but for a very brief moment because mm-hmm. uh, you know at 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 some point uh you can't be strong all the time right yeah so, of course and that's only normal in in today's world so that's when it all came to me i looked at myself but you know the moment lasted as uh it was a very short moment and you know i looked at myself and then after that i was like okay you know what i'm not going to cry about this i am going to still go ahead and fight it whether i have my hair or not and when i do fight this and when i am better i'm going to have the best hair ever and i did because <laughs> chemo gives you like really beautiful curls so something called chemo curls and oh wow always wanted curls i've always wanted curly hair and i just got the most luscious curls once my hair started growing back and i was like yeah <laughs> it worked <laughs> out really well for me yeah like when i saw you perform your hair was like like flowing and how and just like glowing with the with the spotlight in the background and i was like damn this girl's like got her hair game strong yeah so uh that's great and how long how long did you you know did you take to conquer this disease and how did you you know once you got uh, over it how did you then get back to uh doing and, and what you were doing and with psychology you know how did that happen um so i fought it for about a year a little less than a year maybe i think 10 to 11 months mm-hmm. um and then of course once i got better there were a lot of things that we had to look into yeah. which was basically like if i had to apply to a college i couldn't go too far off mm-hmm. because i needed to i had a five year period where they'd keep checking me to see if you know if there's any resurgence of any kind correct um of course i had to look after my diet and you know take precaution because your immunity takes, takes a, a yeah. hit yeah yeah as well so um actually it was then during that time once i got better i was like okay i had my whole existential mm-hmm. moment where i was like uh you know what i think i've been through something and um, it's changed me it's made me realize so many things about myself and mostly i felt like i had literally grown up in that one year yeah i was about 17 and by the time i was 18 and i was out of the hospital i felt so much more than an 18 year old yeah of course so that that experience and uh, if i may say so for myself the resilience yeah uh, that uh, i didn't even know i had uh, and the experiences and everything that i went through psychologically mentally physically i just wanted to use that to help somebody else who's going through something difficult in their lives yeah. and that's why psych happened because i wanted to take up psychology because it is a subject that offers this yeah and um, so i picked up psychology and eventually i turned to clinical psychology which i did my specialization in clinical psychology 
because then my interest uh, uh, turned towards you know serious mental disorders and mental illness and all of those things yeah and you see yeah. see the need for it the most right now uh, in just yes. everything that we've seen in the media over uh, just what's happening and i think it's literally like the need of the hour so it is the need of the hour yeah. it is the need of the hour people need to stop uh, stigmatizing it and it's just education is awareness in my opinion yes really we need to learn so much more we need to just become more sensitive to people and be kinder to ourselves and realize that you know there's so many more of us out there going through something like this and there's always somebody who's going to help so was there something like for you that really worked uh, you know in terms of when you were going through the whole uh, fighting physically as well as mentally getting over the cancer at the time was there uh, some practices that really helped you uh, and after that you know now that you're a professor in psychology right uh, literally for everyone out there she's professor daniel uh, also a b- amazing blues singer at the same time so was there uh, you know do you see something that uh, you prescribe almost as uh, as tools and and ways to deal with the current times and just with physical and mental adversity at the same time mm, i think what worked for me when i was uh, fighting cancer was the fact that i had a lot of support from my mm. uh, family and of course doctors yeah. became my friends and you know a lot of times the board also came from the most unlikely places and a lot of time even in this current situation a lot of people feel like they can't approach their families because people might not understand what they're going through or it just might be something that you want to brush under the carpet but what i would like to say is that um uh, a support system is very important but that doesn't mean that your support system can't come from an unlikely source and like i said, that uh, sometimes you'll find that you know you can't talk to people who are closest to you but don't be afraid to reach out don't be afraid to talk about it because there are people and they may not yeah. it may even be a stranger there are people there are professionals who are going to help you uh, you know try who are going to try and understand what you're going through and cope through it so in my case it was a very strong family support system and i don't just mean like my immediate family Amazing. my entire family was there and number two was just everybody kept such a positive yeah. atmosphere i was very positive about what i was going through my family was very positive about what i was going through so everybody was just we we never did the whole you know self pity or oh, why why did why did i get cancer because that was the way for us to go there was not the way that i would want things to things to go Correct. like what's the point of pitying myself in fact i'm going to and try and fight it instead because then at least i'd go down yeah, yeah i wouldn't go down without a fight right so that's what, true that's and what so well put uh, you know just uh, i'm pretty sure this this is coming from so much personal everything you're saying is is so valid and honest that it straight away gets to the point and cuts through the other bullshit you know so how did you discover that you were a great singer and all this you know was it like a freudian slip or was it according to plan <laughs> oh no nothing i don't think anything in my life is according to plan it just, <laughs> just happens to me randomly okay so i 
within myself like every mm-hmm. three years something funky is gonna happen and this year like, what coronavirus okay <laughs> yes we were all in that with you that's know, just that's, funny that's good. like i said support works so i mean i think it's working out but uh um i i actually did not know that i could um sing the way i do so it was almost like a moment of self discovery or an epiphany you could say yeah um, i got better and then um i happened to be at a gig and a friend's friend mukesh who is mm-hmm. my uh, bandmate he's currently not here in bombay so he was in the crowd and you know i was just mumbling some rubbish in the crowd and i was singing <laughs> uh and he heard me and he was like hey why don't you come by the studio why don't you uh see what you can do with your voice and all of those things so i was like okay no this is not coming <laughs> wow he literally heard you singing along at a gig and he was like i spot the next uh, the next uh, adele like i <laughs> i see her so yeah that's amazing i mean yeah so then um you know he then mukesh asked me on facebook and all of those things and i was like fine you seem like a nice person so i'll just go to the studio so i went to the studio and then we're like okay mukesh didn't turn out to be so bad <laughs> but uh, uh so I, I, he's going to give me if he hears this <laughs> so um, uh yeah. yeah so then we jammed and uh, it was good like we, there was a um, I liked what I was doing. I liked the kind of music we were playing. It wasn't it wasn't anything big. We didn't start out with the blues. Uh mm. we just jammed on a song. We recorded uh this a Lady Gaga song. Uh I, I can't remember it right now. I have massive brain fart right now. <laughs> Born this way? Born this way, Born? correct. Ah. Yeah. got it so we, yeah it's like the most powerful lady gaga channel your inner warrior kind of vibe so i i yeah. love that song at that point of time yeah. and we just decided to jam on that song side note you're going to sing this at the at the end of this conversation for us <laughs> couple of lines yeah okay great so yeah. um we decided that okay let's start a band and then we got uh, one of my classmates from school my junior and we're like hey we want to start a band and do like fun stuff and it's cool and all that stuff so why don't you come by and then we jammed and then we recorded this song i think it, i don't remember if it was this song or some other song uh and we're like oh you know what let's see if we can send it to blue frog cuz blue frog was all the rage and i used to go there for gigs and i used to stand in the audience and i was like wow even i want to be up there someday and i want to sing and all of those things amazing yeah. and then we we sent the recording to blue frog and they liked it and they were like oh we want you for a gig so i was like whoa whoa okay awesome yeah. wow and then we had a first gig at blue frog and then we just uh it just literally uh you know was upwards from there it was a uh the journey just began from there and then we had different lineups and you know for all i know like you know we're playing festivals and all of those things so it was it was a lot of fun you've established yourself in the blues genre now yeah. like as a lead singer at festivals like mahindra blues and like you're saying you know the quarter and just places that are people who really love their music go to and you also write your own songs so uh how did that happen like how did you get that confidence to just write perform you know all in one how did you 
just do that? Um, I, I don't think it's uh, more about getting the confidence. It's about, uh, you know, when, when, when a person is standing in the audience, uh, yeah. they know that somebody is passionate about what they do. So for, Correct. you know, you can see that. You can uh, usually, I, and I've been for gigs and a lot of times I've been on stage so I can't really see, but I do know for a fact that when you see your, uh, when you're in the crowd and you look up at a musician, you can see that they're passionate about doing something. And for me, it was more about being passionate about what I do. I love singing and I just have all these ideas in my head. I have these thoughts, I have these feelings, I have these experiences and mm -hmm. I just wanted to think about them I wanted to write about them I wanted to uh, tell stories about things even if it was something random I wanted to tell yeah. stories and for me uh, that's what works on on stage you know I love where I am I love being on stage I love the music and I'm completely immersed in that music which is why a genre like the blues comes naturally to mm. me because I'm more of a feeling-based singer. So yeah. I yeah. sing exactly the way I feel. So if I'm pissed off, <laughs> you know. <love. laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, so that's why I, I remember that. some uh, of your so far songs uh, that you had written, and you gave a backstory about this one was uh, you know something that I discovered in love. This was something I discovered in. Uh, heartbreak and it just seemed so personal like literally like I didn't know you uh, then and I was like this has a great story and you want to listen to you singing so I think that's so true like you said the expression does come through in, in your songs especially yeah uh, and also the name Kanchan and the Beards uh, what's the story behind this one very curious okay, about uh, so my bandmates Mukesh and Anand uh, they yeah. pretty much look they used to look very similar. Uh, <laughs> so we'd, keep, we'd, we'd have all, and they had really nice beards. No, you know, like iconic beards. Mukesh had a beard that was reaching his belly almost and was always like about, all about his slick beard and all of those things. So we'd keep going to like festivals and a lot of times people would keep thinking Mukesh is Anand and Anand is Mukesh. So initially it was just Kanchan Daniel. So I was like, you guys just keep, um, you know, people keep mixing you two for the other. And maybe yeah. we should just go with Kanchan Daniel and the beards. <laughs> you both and your obsession with your beards. And, um, and yeah. it was pretty cool. Like, so it became, um, I, th I think it was a cool name for them. It's like a blues version of uh, Snow White and her dwarves, you know. Guys <laughs> are not dwarves. Oh my god! Oh my. Sorry, Mukesh, and sorry, Anand. But uh, no, no, it's okay. But uh, yeah, on stage, like, it's yeah. a monstrous experience. So amazing, amazing! I can't even imagine how amazing that must feel. Yeah. Uh, 
and you've also you know started uh, you you ran this mental health campaign called mental harmony uh, for musicians in 2019 which basically combines your love for music and and psychology right so uh, can you take us a little through like what the why you did this and how it like just struck you at the time that this is something that's needed uh so uh, basically it was something that uh, i had been thinking about for a very very long time because you know you're constantly reading about uh, artists yeah. and creative people just uh, succumbing to so many problems and uh, it was something that was just buried deep in my head and it was something that was irking me for a very long time and especially because um, you know i am part of the uh, the independent scene and i've also kind of Uh, i've studied psychology as well so um this was something that rose more out of the fact that uh, i couldn't hold it in anymore i had to i had to talk about this because a lot of times uh problems uh, psychological problems and mental problems that the creative uh industry or musicians or artists might face they kind of brushed under the carpet and a lot of times i also find that uh you know you're expected so as a musician you should be sad and write your song expected to yeah. be in that zone no you're not expected to be in that zone you don't have to be yeah. in that zone if you are not feeling to great it's only human to to feel so and you can help for it so the reason why i did this is because i wanted to raise awareness about these issues that musicians face because i didn't want it want them brushed under the carpet because as a member in the audience you should be able to understand that we as artists and as musicians are also prone to a lot of things that other people are prone to of course and yeah it needs to be given a lot of attention like even today in this situation i believe artists and musicians are not being given enough attention there's no policy nothing so obviously yeah. we fall prey to a lot of problems and these are the problems that i wanted to bring up because i wanted people to know to understand the musicians to understand that at the end of the day uh, we're all humans i wanted to make a noise about it and did you did you feel like this did you know eventually and uh, create that kind of stir and and bring that kind of spotlight to what what you're talking about it did at that point of time now i can't say it was a stir yeah. that was uh, widespread but within the musical community itself i had so many musicians as part of the campaign they shared their own personal stories on how they look after their mental health and why mental health is important to them and so many musicians musicians that i didn't know were going through so much were so willing sure. to share what they were going through and probably their fans listened to their music also looked at those stories and probably it opened their eyes and you know you have a different perspective of the musician when they come out and they share something like this with you so so as a yeah. person who's even reading it if i see my favorite musician and they're willing to talk about it i would also be willing to talk about you know what i'm going through and know that you know somebody else out there is also going through this and we can we can figure this out together so and it's more relatable like you said relatable. and it's like 
you're driving the change right yeah i mean this has been like amazing kanchan and i feel like just coming from your journey your own lens has really given me at least like a different side of of life and reality in these times uh and you know it would be great if our listeners could actually hear you sing uh in the limited capacity we have in this remote uh, connection but uh you know just a couple of lines or something uh it would be great to end this conversation on that amazing note okay um so i think you had already put it out there that i'm going to yes. sing this way <laughs> i didn't give you an option so yeah <laughs> that's okay um cool so if i um I'm going to try and remember the lyrics because that was 20 or anything else you you might like to no I no pressure. It would be fun to revisit Born This Way especially because okay, it was great. the first song and now I'm here like okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going to try. My mama told me when I was young we're up on super size. She rolled my hair back to my lipstick out. Oh, in the glass of a bottle there's nothing wrong with being who you are cause it made you perfect babe so hold my hand and darling you go far you just listen to me when i say I'm beautiful in my way cuz God makes some mistakes I'm on the right track baby I was born this way know yourself and regret just love yourself and you said I'm on the right track baby I was born this way I think that's all I remember wow <laughs> I literally just had a brain gasm and like that was amazing. Uh thank you so much. I had my full like grooving face on hoping I could see you live and this could be a gig but uh-huh. you gave me that for a couple of seconds. So thank you so much Kanchan and it was great talking to you. Katie <laughs> For all our listeners out there, please tune in to uh, Kanchan and all that she does with her amazing music on her channel. Uh, you can follow her on uh, Instagram at Kanchan Daniel to be amazed by her voice and feel free to reach out to her. Uh, thanks so much and hope you stay safe, Kanchan, and I hope to see you perform live very very soon. All right, all right, Kitty Shady. Thanks for having me. I love that name by the way. <laughs> Thank you Katie and the beards. See you soon. All right. Thank you.